Welcome to Sports Business Secrets. I'm your host, Kevin Tarka. This podcast is specifically designed to share secrets from experts in the sports business world to help you along your own path to success in this industry. Each episode is packed with lessons and insights that never expire. You'll hear from general managers of professional teams to CEOs of sports tech companies to agents, coaches, players, and everything in between. I invite you to join me in real time on my personal journey of representing players and coaches, traveling the world, and always finding a way to battle through obstacles in this competitive industry. Salam, my friends, which is hello in Azerbaijani. It's a day or two delayed here, but if you followed me uh, on social, you've seen that I've had the lovely experience uh, to spend five or six days in Baku, Azerbaijan. Um, And if you don't follow me on social or you don't have Instagram, then I will give you a little recap here, followed by um, some promised um, ways that I believe or opportunities that the Federation can take advantage of in uh, in that market. So uh, last week upon arrival, uh, my friend Tim, who works with the Federation, was kind enough to, to pick me up at the airport. I dropped my stuff off at the hotel and, uh, and then we got right to it. We went to have a coffee and a meal and uh, a long chat about hoops in his country. Um, and then over the span of the next several days, I was able to check out a few practices, um, check out the local facilities, meet with some coaches, and of course, dive into the culture a little bit. Um, something that I believe just the culture side gets tremendously overlooked with players or coaches who are evaluating their next career opportunities. Of course, we know that salary is a major factor there, but... Uh, and, and not only the amount of salary, but whether you get paid on time um, or at all. Uh, and, 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 and outside of that, I think culture is, is huge for the people to the, to, to the food you're going to eat, to um, the way that, uh, that, that locals act, to um, you know, the weather, the city, the location, all that stuff, which, which I talk about a lot. But um, you know, for me personally, I always want to make sure when I'm talking to a recruit or when I'm talking to a player or when I'm giving information on a specific market, it's tremendously advantageous for me to say, um, yes, I've been there, I've experienced it, I've immersed myself in that culture versus someone who's just going off of what they see on the news. So uh, outside of that, got my daily daily workout in uh, in the beautiful city. I happened to bring some beautiful weather there, um, although it's, uh, it's a really nice time of year there outside of a little bit of rain. It never gets too, too cold, as I'm told, but, uh, you know, mid to late September, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was like, let's see, try to do the Celsius to Fahrenheit um, conversion here. I mean, it was like 70 degrees uh, and sunny for for almost every single day that I was there. So I went for a run most mornings in, in, in new places, new, new countries and new cities. I like to do a 5K, um, you know, at almost every day just to kind of see depending on how, how big the city is or uh, if I have access to a different type of workout or weights or anything just to see see the uh, see the city right and and see how it's built taking the views um, you know running down what they call boulevard uh, a location called boulevard uh, looking at the Caspian Sea was definitely not something that you get to do every day so I took advantage of that uh, obviously Something else I did was I was able to link uh, a few times with a KTA client, Donovan Smith. Um, so I got to meet some of his teammates, obviously talk with coaching staff and, um, you know, you know, just um, grabbed grabbed a few meals with them. And, and I got to link with uh, with another uh, American player over there, Andrew Playtech. Um, and for me, I think that's huge is, is being able to connect with whether it's a coffee or a meal or or watching practice and have a chat with other players. Um 
I make it a priority, not a priority like some uh, some sicko agents do. Most of the industry, you know, the grimy ones who try to who try to steal steal players and they go visit them when they know they have other agents and they specifically try to get them to switch over to their agency. I mean, I don't have to go on a tangent here about this, but I always like to throw in that little jab for the toxicity uh, that that uh, exists in this industry. Although, again, there are some amazing people, but anyways, yeah, from 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 an agent point of view. You know, you could sometimes have a biased perspective on certain markets just based on how your own client, um, how your own clients perceive it. Whether it's an amazing experience or a miserable one, it's always good to just link with other players to hear their perspective and, and uh, you know, gather information, give information. And um, yeah, that's that's just always been a priority to me. Uh, and, and I think it's, uh, it's, it's proved, uh, to be valuable by being able to just be a resource for, for, for many players, um, who, who don't have their agents that come visit or who don't have the right type of resources on the ground there, uh, just to be a resource. I, 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 uh, I take pride in that. And then, and then also being able to, you know, gather information for when I, uh, you know, when I need to share it with the coach or with an NBA team or with another European team that, that that's asking about that market. So, um, in terms of the league here, let's let's switch topics. In terms of the league, there were eight teams last year. Uh, I know uh, a few weeks ago I was uh, a little bit unfamiliar with how many teams were gonna were going to be in the league this year because they were expanding a bit. But there are going to be, I got confirmed, ten teams. Um, I don't think it's an official rule yet, or at least no one has confirmed with me that it's an official rule for imports. Uh, but I believe it's capped at five for for each team, right? So five imports allowed for each team. Let's see how that plays out. Uh, most teams are bringing in all five. So that's 50 imports right there. Um, you know, that's so, so right, right in itself, you know, that's, that's similar to some of the top, top leagues in, in the world outside the States in terms of the amount of imports allowed, right? When you talk about entry level leagues or even mid-level leagues, like a, you know, a pro B Germany, or, you know, obviously that would be an entry level league or, or, um, you know, like some leagues in Spain, like you have one or two imports per team um, or three in some markets. And that's 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 very different. I mean, uh, you know, you, you you the imports play a different role there, um, let alone the fact that, um, yeah, it just completely changes the um, the the roster and, and, and the feel for a team. So in regards to game rules in Azerbaijan, you have to have two player, two local players on the court at all times, which again leads back to strategy for, for international basketball. And that's a tremendous factor. As a coach or a GM, you really need to identify here local players that can help you win. And my take on that, because you're going to have to, you know, you have, that leaves you with three, lo- th- uh, three import players and two local players. Um, my my take per usual, not to downplay or deprioritize the, the, the value or the role of locals, um, but specifically in the Aziri market, uh, yeah, like I, I, I think it goes back to my usual generic take. If you're a local player and you're not as good as imports, you're not getting paid as highly as imports. Again, this is case by case because there are several countries that pay their imports more than, I'm sorry, pay their locals more than imports. So don't get it twisted, but... Two main characteristics for those local players that must be on the floor. Don't turn it over and keep your man in front of you. If you can just find locals that can be great at that, uh, you know, and play that role, then you have a chance to win, in my opinion. Now, as promised here in this episode, I think there are a few things that the Federation and or the the, the league could do to really jumpstart the market in Azerbaijan 
as a sincere entry-level or maybe even mid-level location that imports are attracted to. Now, this is not going to happen overnight um, because at the end of the day, you know, how many teams you have in international competition, the, the, the true talent of your local players, all those things factor into this. But um, I truly believe that there's an opportunity here to make an attractive place. Uh, when you talk about facilities, the facilities are fine. I mean, the, the, the issue here is not having the, it's not not having the facilities like in some places. It's just the management of who can use them, what time you could use them, and getting access, which again happens in most places in Europe uh, or, or or abroad. Um, accommodations. I can't speak for every team because I'm sure there are some that don't have as good of setups. But a few of the team apartments that I saw uh, were fantastic. I mean, huge, huge spaces, huge rooms. Um, you, you know, usually you have a, a big kitchen, a nice big bathroom, shower, um, uh, a, a living room, two separate bedrooms, uh, washing machine, and they're, and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're clean. So yeah, that, that's not an issue. So that's a, that's a check mark for how, why this could be um, an opportunistic market. Uh, and then coaches. So I think, I think you need to bring in some more import coaches. Um, and when I say that again, don't assume that means Azerbaijani coaches are not good. For starters, it simply means they haven't prioritized, uh, you know, in the past there that, you know, the, the, the coaching development like some other countries do in the training. And again, that just kind of goes to show, you know, like you can't just say, hey, um, Azerbaijan develops the same type of talent in, in players and coaches as Spain does because that's just not the case. Right. So it's just, a, you know, a relative thing there. Um, and that's fine. But, you know, the, the outside of the, the handful of Azerbaijani coaches that are there, yeah, I think I think you do need to bring in import coaches, whether they're from the States or from Europe or from, from, from wherever, um, that have some more experience on the international level of basketball. And you saw it already, you know, what it does to teams. You know, this year, for example, even even Donovan's team, um, Saba brought in a Macedonian coach and and you know, it's great to obviously connect with 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 Boban Boban Mitev is the coach and he has high level experience like serious serious experience at an international level from uh from his home country of Macedonia to 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 Anvil in Poland to Lokomotiv in Russia to uh Badvent in Turkey to Monaco in the EuroLeague and Partizan in 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 Belgrade so he has you know assistant coach level experience on just some extremely high level basketball countries and teams and leagues um, so bringing that in just raises the raises the uh, the value of of the league. You know, one of the teams that um, that I met with brought in a coach from Turkey, uh, Murat Dikmen, who um, has coached at a high level in Turkey and has won championships at the TBL level and has coached high level players that have been to the NBA and and you know had successful careers in um, in the first division of Turkey. So you know, bringing in coaches like that with experience in other in other countries. It does a great value for the league. So I think you'll see um, the next couple of years, the league trying to bring in, you know, a handful more coaches because the more experienced coaches you bring in, no matter where they're from, the more attracted players are going to get to come there and develop and win and have that experience that can, you know, increase the, the value of their resume. Now I saved the best for last year and I'll end with this. And this is the big opportunity is the salary. The salaries in pro basketball are always tough. I've spoke about it. Uh, pretty much every other episode in this podcast, I like to be very open uh, and and try to share as much information as possible with people, share ballpark salaries um, without disclosing, obviously, uh, specific player-sensitive information sometimes. 
as always, you could read headlines, you could Google it, and, and you could hear you know the, the, the ballparks of some leagues, whether it's the EuroLeague guys with the multi-million dollar deals or, or in the agent markets now. Um, and then it goes all the way down to you know deals in the first division, some places for $500, $600 a month. I've had a client making that before. Um, but and, and obviously it's case by case in terms of the salary, right? Um, most leagues have teams that are in international competitions. And in that case, those team budgets specifically are going to be outliers compared to probably the average salary for other teams in that same league. And for example, like if you talk about the Euro League, okay, Red Star having an eight million or nine million dollar budget compared to Real Madrid having forty million, or Cheska Moscow having thirty million, or Maccabi Tel Aviv having twenty million, or anywhere in between there, very different budgets, right? Uh, or, or e- even on the team level, right? So for a team in Holland, for example, let's just take Groningen, who happens to be in the same group here as the FIBA Europe Cup qualifiers as Sabah in Azerbaijan, right? Their budget for this season is probably a bit higher than, first of all, tip- a typical year for them, and definitely higher than a handful of other teams in the B-Next League, whether it's Joost United or, or Den Bosch from, from Holland or, or Alst or Leuven from Belgium, like... The, those those team budgets and team salaries, those import salary slots are going to be completely different. So obviously it's case by case and it's different here. But back to the point of me prefacing that, the Azerbaijan market and the opportunity, last year was a bit different than this year. Obviously the Federation wanted to kickstart last year and bring more imports in. But most teams had the, had the, uh, the import salaries at 1,500 or 2,000 per month, maybe 2,500, some had 3,000, um, but it, it was mostly around there. This year, again, the Federation wants to continue to double down and continue to build and continue to grow basketball in this market. So part of that commitment for the Federation is actually committing financially to help pay some of these budgets and some of these some of these salaries, which means um, you know, th- that that's going to be the only reason the team can offer these salaries to players, because if the if the federation wasn't subsidizing that, they wouldn't be able to, right? This is this is not rare in in Eastern Europe or or some places in uh, outside the states, right? But this year they 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 upped it a bit, so that most teams have around two to three thousand per month, and and a lot of teams have three thousand or four thousand per month for each for each import. Um, some have a bit more. Then obviously you have you know so for teams that are going to play in international cups in Azerbaijan and other markets that can go up tremendously, right? You can have some guys making eight, nine, 10 K per month. Um, obviously that's an outlier in Azerbaijan. Um, but that averages continue to go up. Now, my point here to sum it all together is this is the huge opportunity. There are many entry level leagues around the world and it's all the same story. Like, trust me, I, I I've heard the spiel many times. Yeah, we don't have the biggest budget, but it's a great opportunity league. If you know, if if the player does well here, blah 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 blah. I'm, 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 it's not my first rodeo. I, I hear it every day still. I truly believe Azerbaijan has an opportunity to steal great talent from those leagues if they can stay in that middle ground salary level, because typically in the spiel that I just told you. Those entry-level salaries that you roll your eyes at are between $1,000 and $2,000 a month, maybe a little bit more. Um, and it, at that point, it doesn't really matter where you go. Like, it matters, of course, but like it doesn't really matter. You're, those, those types of leagues you're going to need to take as a stepping stone. 
And some of those leagues, just to give you a, a little deeper dive that I'm talking about, uh, Germany Pro B, which is the third division in Germany, uh, Germany. you could be making $1,000 a month or $1,200 a month. Um, Spain Leb Oro. Yes, that is a fantastic opportunity. One of the best second divisions uh, in Europe. Um, the second division of Spain, but it's rare that teams are going to sign you from the ACB. So uh, you'll likely have to take another step or several steps before you get to a higher level first division from there. And you're talking like Spain Labordo, $1,500 a month, $2,500 a month, maybe three k Obviously, there's always outliers. Um, or, or if you're talking about Leb Silver, which is the third division, you know, $1,000 a month, $1,200 a month, maybe $1,500 a month. Portugal, first division, right? I'm talking first division who has several big time clubs that play in international competitions. Actually, uh, Porto and uh, FC Porto and Sporting are both Portugal top teams that are in the FIBA Europe Cup uh, uh, qualifier. Actually, I'm not, I don't think both are in qualifiers. Don't quote me, but one or both might be in the regular season. Either way, they're in FIBA Europe Cup, right? So same event that Sava's in. But you have teams at the bottom of that league that are, you know, that can offer five hundred, six hundred, maybe a thousand dollars a month. So th- those leagues are definitely. If we're talking about some of those, like Romania, Slovakia, Czech, you're talking about that salary level. Those leagues are definitely higher on the grand scheme of things. And 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 I'm not saying that that if you're a player, you should turn down an offer from those types of leagues to play in Azerbaijan. But what I'm saying for Azerbaijan is you have an opportunity to make it attractive of n- enough for players to seriously consider it. Right? If you're choosing between $1,700 a month in Pro-A Germany versus... $3,000 a month in, in, in Azerbaijan, I would likely advise you to go to Pro-A Germany every time, okay? Pro-A Germany is, is one step away from BBL. If you do well there, you can go to some big-time leagues, great stepping stone. But, you know, that starts to shift. If you're talking about Pro-B Germany for $1,200 a month or Portugal for $1,500 a month or what are those other places that I, that I listed that's considered a higher league, and you're comparing that to an offer in Azerbaijan for $4,000 per month? When you're talking about a full season there, you know, that's a huge difference. You're talking twenty dollars to $30,000 difference as an entry-level player. That's big time, right? The, obviously, everyone's going to have their own reasons for going one place to another, and there's going to be risks, there's going to be pros, there's going to be cons. But at the end of the day, money runs the world, and if you're a player and – you know, you're, you're, again, I would always never advise you just to follow the money if you're a player, but you have to consider it. If you're talking about a $15,000 10-month deal versus $40,000 for 10 months, that's a huge difference as an entry-level player, right? And if you if Azerbaijan now starts to invest in teams that are playing in international competitions, then yeah, the competition level is going to increase. So um, the the point here is uh, there's a huge opportunity for Azerbaijan, if you ask me. Um, obviously, you know, being able to link with the federation was good, um, w- you know, when I was in Azerbaijan. Um, and, and, and just as a, yeah, as a, as a player, it's something to keep in mind. If you hear of a country and you see something in the media or, uh, you know, you talk to a player that had a bad experience there, it's just a reminder and, and to, to encourage you to, to really, really dive deep into it just because you don't think it's sexy, just because it doesn't say Real Madrid or, or Barcelona on it, or it's not, um, you know, in a country that has a, you know, you can't go chill on the beach and eat paella all day long. Uh, don't, don't cancel it out because it could be an interesting career move. Um, and then again, I'll end with at the end of the day, if you're a player who doesn't have a job, 
Beggars can't be choosers, man. You, you know, you take an opportunity, go be the best player in the entire league and kill it and prove it. Prove it on the court over and over and over again. Put the ball in the basket. Help your team win. Uh, and then, uh, again, just you know, experience this opportunity that professional basketball can provide you of of of, of seeing the world and, and you know, experiencing new culture and uh, meeting new people and learning new languages and eating new food. Because uh, you know, at the end of the day, that, that that that's really what it's about. Yes, it's about making money. Yes, it's about getting the bag. I get that. Uh, but there's levels to it, and there's many other many other variables here that, that can add value to your life outside of just the money that goes into your bank account. So that was my spiel on Azerbaijan. I hope you, uh, hope you enjoyed it and uh, we'll see you back here tomorrow. Thanks again for listening, my friends. If you enjoyed the episode or if it brought you any value at all, it would mean the world to me if you could give it a rating and a review on Apple podcasts. If you share it on social media, make sure you tag me at Kevin Tarka if there are any topics that you want me to dive into or any guests you'd love for me to have on the show, just shoot me a message and I will do my best to make it happen. Have an amazing day and hope to see you back here soon.